Hello, hello, how are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas, and this is episode number 302. And I want to say to everybody, I hope you're doing well. And I want to say to my uh, my bastard army in Hawaii, I am glad you're still there. That is really one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life, where literally there is a false alarm for a nuclear blast. And these poor people have to sit there scared to death for an extended period of time, thinking that a nuclear weapon is coming toward them. I'm just imagining, I can't even imagine how they felt, because that took 38 minutes. It was 38 minutes before these people realized everything was going to be okay. Now, when you think in terms of something like that, the only way that any of us can relate to anything like that only takes a couple of seconds. You ever been in a house and you had maybe had some kids over or or some vulnerable people over your house and you hear the fire alarm go off and it's in the middle of the night and you jump up really quick and you still got your drawers on. You run upstairs. You think, let me get the babies and grab the babies and get the old people and grab the old people and the babies and babies and old people and old people and babies and let me get them and save them and get them and get them out and save them. And you're running around in your drawers and you walk up, you're upstairs in your drawers and you realize there's no smoke in the room. What the hell's going on? And then you go into the kitchen and you realize that the only reason that the fire alarm is on is because one of the teenagers decided they wanted to have a sausage sandwich at 12 o'clock in the, at, in the morning. And they're on the phone arguing with their girlfriend or boyfriend and they stop paying attention to the damn stove. And they're looking at you like, what are you doing walking around in your drawers? And then they make fun of the design on your drawers. And then you very slowly walk out of the room and go back to sleep. And realizing that for the next six months, they're going to be making fun of the drawers that your girlfriend got you that you were wearing because you look like a dope with those drawers on. But just think about those few seconds when you're thinking, oh, my goodness, the people I love are in this house and I got to save them because there's a fire. And if I don't save them, the fire is going to burn them and we're all going to die. But then you find out everything's okay. And you're sitting there, your heart's beating and you're out of breath, not because of the run up the stairs, but because of the fear of losing all the people that you care about. But for you, it's only like five to 15 to 20 seconds that you have to feel that fear and then everything's okay. And then you go back downstairs, you go back to sleep. But as we know, the people in Hawaii had to deal with that for 38 minutes, 38 minutes thinking a nuclear weapon is going to fall down. And incinerate you and everybody you love and everything that you've accumulated. More importantly, everybody you love the hell with the stuff you accumulated. Now, as it turns out, from what I understand and with the information we have so far, what we we know so far as of recording this, that it was a someone hitting the wrong button or something along that line. Something that's stupid. Hitting the wrong button. Really? That was the problem. That's why people in an entire state thought they were going to be incinerated. Really? When I think about that, I think about the people at 9-11 and I'm a person who's on the East Coast and I know people who've lost people in the Twin Towers. I do. People that I know lost relatives in there. So when I look at the when I see those old videos and I see the people jumping out of the window because they don't want to be incinerated by the fire, having to make that horrible decision. And going, I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die like that. I'm just going to jump out of this window and end it quickly. That's what they're thinking. And they have to be thinking that's a horrible decision to have to make. Now, imagine if these people jumped out of these windows and made this horrible decision only to find out that there was a false alarm about the attack. It was a false alarm. There was no fire. 
There was no nothing going on in the building. There was nothing going on. As it turns out, somebody just hit the fire alarm of floor down. And somebody jumped out of the window and died because somebody did something stupid. Think about that. I mean, there, there's, there's a chance and we, we don't know yet, but it may have happened. There might have been some people that are th- thinking that a nuclear bomb is going to show up and blow up and incinerate people. And you got to sit there thinking, if you think a nuclear weapon is going to be exploded where you are, if it's right on top of you, you're going to be incinerated quickly. It won't feel anything. But what about your near it? Then you won't be incinerated quickly. You may be burned alive and that's a horrible way to go. Or maybe a little further away than that. And it doesn't kill you. It just horribly disfigures you. Or maybe a little further away than that. And a nuclear poison gets you and you have a horrible, agonizing death. Just like those people had to make that horrible decision in the 9-11 buildings when they jumped out of the buildings to, to their deaths and we had to watch this horrible thing helplessly. Do you know how many people could have made that same decision? I mean, I'm going to be incinerated by a nuclear weapon and if it doesn't land right on me, I could die a horrible death through radiation or through fire or through dismemberment. I'm going to take care of myself so I don't have to deal with that now. Think about that. Think about how many people could have felt that way because in 9-11 and things of that nature, maybe that was just, that was a building with, 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 with thousands of people in it. But this was a state with millions of people in it, which means mil, which means hundreds of thousands of thousands and thousands and thousands of people could have made that same decision to end it because they didn't want to go a horrible way. See, everybody's talking about the terror of the people that were alive, but just imagine what could have happened. That could have happened. It may still have happened. We don't know yet. Right? Now, here's the other thing that goes through my mind. If you have a system that warns of a nuclear attack, which is literally the worst case scenario, the worst possible thing that could happen to someone, and you mean to tell me it was triggered by someone hitting the wrong button? It's that easy to make that kind of a mistake? That's kind of an important notice to send out to people. You would you would think that maybe, just maybe, uh, maybe if you call me crazy, maybe, just maybe, that was my phone charging, by the way, if you hear that, if you wonder about that sound in the background, you're figuring maybe, just maybe, you might want to make it a little more difficult to send out that notice, right? I'm kind of hoping it's just not one button for us firing nuclear weapons from the United States. I would hate to feel that somebody would spill a couple of coffee pat the table too hard and blow up somebody else's country. I mean, if you really think about it, you can't push the wrong button and erase a file on your laptop or your phone. Because if you push a button that says delete this file, even your cell phone, your laptop, your computer, or whatever game you're playing, even if it's one of those old style games, will say, are you sure about that? Are you sure you want to delete these files? And sometimes you press the button to delete a file and you actually had the check mark on something you don't want to delete. And you are so glad that the computer or the phone or the laptop asked you if you wanted to delete that file. Because as it turns out, you in fact do not want to delete that file. Well, if that's the case, and all that would be is annoying because you'd have to download that file back from the cloud or redo that report. Or just hopefully someone else has a picture of that baby crying or walking. All that, that, those are the things that you're worried about with your laptop or your phone. This is a nuclear weapon that could be exploded on top of millions of people. And someone hit a button that they shouldn't have hit. Don't you think that that thing should have said, are you sure 
You want to tell millions of people that a nuclear weapon is going to explode in a major city? In which the case, the person could look back at the machine and go, whoa, as it turns out, no, I do not want to tell millions of people that there's a nuclear weapon going to explode. What I meant to do was tell people that the weather today is going to be 80 degrees and sunny. I'm so glad this nuclear weapons uh, alert system stopped me by telling me that I shouldn't hit that button. Come on, guys. Do better. Do better. It's an amazing thing. But the most important thing is I'm glad everybody is okay in Hawaii. Good Lord. Now, as it turns out, that wasn't even really what I planned on talking about. Um, what I want to, cause is, I mean, that's a computer system and, and I'm wondering if it's that vulnerable to stupidity. If it's that vulnerable to, I mean, we've already know about people hacking everything, hacking your computer information, hacking maybe, hacking elections, stealing your data and all that kind of thing. And I'm wondering, can't we be a little bit better with the people we we're dealing with, with the computers and things of that nature? You know, a lot on the computer systems, what happens is a lot of times hackers will use probing attacks. You know, they'll probe your system. Okay, let's see if there's a vulnerability here. And I'll see if there's a vulnerability over here. And I'll check over here and see if, see if there's a vulnerability here. And how about over here? But the funny thing about it is it's not even just computer systems. A lot of times criminals will use probing attacks on you on a regular basis in everyday life, not just your computer. Everybody's worried about the criminal that has the gun or the knife or six friends or something like that. But if you really think about it, I, I think that the majority of times when you actually get robbed or have things stolen, it's the people that do the probing attacks just in general, right? The kind of people that just take advantage of situations, right? You know, like say you, you leave your purse down on the table. Now, this person wouldn't rob you with a gun or a knife in the parking lot. But if you leave your purse on the table and you got your wallet sitting right there, they will reach their hand over. Right. And maybe they'll push your purse back on the table a little bit. And if you see them pushing the purse, you look at them like, what are you doing? And they go, oh, ma'am, your purse was falling off. Oh, OK. Yeah, I didn't want you. I, did, I saw your cell phone in and your purse was sliding off and I didn't want your purse to, to fly. I know how expensive those phones can get. Yeah, get, 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 get. And you turn into this laughy, jokey conversation and all that person was doing was wanting them to pay attention, wanted to find out if you were paying attention, enough attention to the fact that they had made physical contact with your purse. Because that same person, if they push your purse back up on the, on the table and you don't notice, you don't notice the sound of your purse moving, you don't notice the next thing they do is they, you know, kind of stick their hand in and pluck your phone. But you don't see that, Right? Then they stick their hand in, they take some money out of your, out of your purse, or they take your phone. It's a probing attack. They just want to see how much are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Did you do your due diligence? Hmm, did you? Hmm? There's a lot of people out there that will steal your car if given a chance. There's people that will walk there. If they see your car sitting there and you got the engine running and you're at the ATM, they will take your damn car and drive the hell off with that bastard. Now, as it turns out, this person may not have known, not been the kind of person who would take out a gun and carjack you, wouldn't try to jag you out. Get that kid out of here so I can get this car. Get that kid out of here. And I get my kid. You better get your kid. You better move it, move it. Lady, you don't get that kid out of here quickly. I'm going to take the kid out of the car. Okay, I'll take the kid. You, they may not be that type of person. But if you leave your car sitting there with the, with the engine running and the key in it, they'll take your car in a second. They were looking at you. They walked by the car door. They look in the car real quick. 
right? And if you turn around, what are you doing? Oh man, I thought somebody, I thought it was a kid in the car. I wanted to make sure that somebody didn't leave a kid in the car. Cause you know, there's a lot of crazy people out there. Yeah, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, no problem, man. I didn't want you to think I was doing anything. I was just trying to help. You know, yeah, you're right. Never mind. That was nice of you though. No problem. But what about the person who comes up to your car, looks into the car? You, you don't say anything. You're not paying attention. They touch your car door. You don't say anything. They move the, your car door. It squeaks a little bit, but you don't turn around. Then they get in their car and pull the hell off. And all of a sudden you have no car. Probing attack. I grew up in a neighborhood that was a lot tougher uh, back in the day than it is from what I understand now. It's not as bad now from what I understand as it was when I was a kid. But I'm familiar with the probing attacks, man. Because if you live in a tough neighborhood like my I did and some of my friends did, you know a probing attack when you see one. You can tell the difference between someone who's actually just trying to have a conversation with you and someone who's trying to see if you're paying enough attention. Right? Somebody walks up to you, hey, you got the time, right? Your first inclination is to go, yeah, 6.30 or whatever the hell time it is. But when I was a kid and somebody walked up to you to ask what time it was, the first thing you did was look at their wrist to see if the bastard was wearing a watch. Because if they asked you what time it was and the bastard was wearing a watch and you weren't paying attention, the next thing you would feel is your head hurting from getting punched in the face and having your stuff taken from you. You see it all the time. Happened to me when I was I was walking down the street. I was coming back from a comedy club. I was 19 years old. And a guy comes up there and he's talking about all this kind of having. He just insisted on talking to me for some reason. Insisted on talking to me for some reason. And I'm trying my best to get rid of the bastard. I'm trying to end the conversation. I'm trying to get rid of his punk ass. But he keeps trying to talk to me. And like I said, I grew up in a neighborhood where I know exactly where this is going. I know what he's trying to do. And as I'm walking down and he's talking to me and I'm walking and he's talking to me and I notice there's three more friends and they weren't just three people just randomly sitting on a stoop. They were looking at me like, here comes the deer. Let's eat them. But unfortunately for this, these three, four jackasses, this guy at the time could run like a deer. So I took the hell off. I'm not afraid to scrap with one dude, but I'm not trying to fight four dudes. Especially, and I didn't want to want to scrap at one dude because you don't know who has a weapon. I ran across the street, ran into a restaurant, and those dudes were like, damn, we could have ate them. And then by the time I, I put my bag down, grabbed a couple of my friends, and we came back outside, they saw that I came back with my boys, and all of a sudden, they realized they weren't going to do any eating. They were going to get eaten because my friends and I would have tuned their punk asses up really good. It's a probing attack. Like I said, just with the computer system, happens in real life with people coming up and talking to you. You got to be careful. And the last time it happened to me where I wasn't able to take care of business was that time when I ran into the restaurant. It happened to me as an adult also. But this was just one guy and he, I could tell he was trying to probe to see if I was a punk, whether I was somebody he was going to want to try to take my stuff. And I'm, a, I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, if this guy even attempts this, I'm going to beat this guy's ass. Or at the very least, I'm going to get, even if I lose, it'll be enough of an ass whooping where he was going to go, this isn't worth it and run away. Knowing that, I'm going to amuse myself at this jackass's expense. So this jackass is now trying to start conversation with me. And I'm going, I'm looking at him. And I, like I said, I know the difference between somebody who's genuinely trying to start a conversation and someone who's trying to probe you to find out whether or not 
you're somebody they want to try. Right. I'm in the store. The guy's talking, 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 talking. Right. And I had my bank cards in uh, in my wallet at the time because I was going to do some transactions later on. And the guy's like looking and trying to look in my wallets. And I look over at him. And as I'm looking over at him, he looks away really quickly, you know, because that's not that's not obvious at all. Right. Right. And I had I had didn't have a lot of money in my wallet. I had like 40 bucks in my wallet. And it was a bunch. It was like a bunch of ones in it. So it looked like it was more money than it actually was because some. I went to a store early and someone goes, I only have one, sir. Do you, would you mind if I give you ones? And I'm going, ones is money, right? Yes, it is. I said, well, if that's all you got, give me the ones. Okay, yeah, man. Because a lot of customers get mad because, you know, we didn't have a lot. We have change, but we don't have a lot of big bills right now because get, 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 get. you don't care what the person said. You just need to know where I came with up with the ones. So now the guy's looking at the, the money in my wallet and he sees all the money, but doesn't realize it's like 38 to 42 bucks or some crap like that. He just sees a lot of bills, right? And he goes, hey, you got a lot of money there, huh? And I go, I look at him like, what? Why are you talking about the amount of money another man's got in his wallet? I didn't say that to him, but I was looking at him like, get the hell out of here. Right? And as I'm closing my wallet, the, the billfold, the thing flips over on the inside. One side, your, your license, and the other side, the cards. And he goes, oh, you got a lot of credit cards there. You must be, well, you got a lot of credit cards. He's saying it all loud and everything. I'm looking at this guy like, what the hell is this? I walk out of the store and he's in there. He comes out after me, not after me, like aggressively after me. And he's walking and I'm walking down the street and he's walking beside me. Hey, buddy. Blah, 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 and he starts asking all these kind of questions that make me go, what the hell? Who walks up and asks people questions like this? There's only one reason he's asking these questions. He thinks that I have a lot of money, which I don't. And he thinks these are credit cards and they're not, they're not credit cards. They're bank cards. I believe this sucker is following me out because he thinks he's going to <laughs> rob me. Now, my first instinct was, you know what? I know how this goes. I've been in this situation a bunch of times before. I should just hit this guy in the mouth right now, knock his ass out and keep on going. It's not like I'm going to get arrested. I have no criminal record. I'm pretty sure this jackass does. He loses. I win. Game over. But no, I'm going to amuse myself at this punk's expense as I assess whether or not he has a weapon. I can tell that he doesn't. For the most part, I mean, he may have a gun in his back, but I mean, he ain't going to get a chance to get to it. So anyway, buddy, buddy, get money, cards, I wish I had the kind of money, you know, all of that crap. You know, he's kind of getting a little close. And now it comes time for me to start to amuse myself at this jackass's expense. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I really wish I did have money, man. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so you got a lot of bills in your wallet. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're just ones. But the thing about it is, I put it to you this way, man. I, I, I chose to do a different type of job than all the rest of the people in my family. You know what I mean? I mean, just, I mean, everybody in my family wants me to do what they do. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I don't want to be a cop like everybody else in my family. I got a bunch of cops and FBI agents in my family, and I don't want to do that anymore, man. I'm just. I'm just happy running my martial arts studio. Huh? Yeah. Martial arts studio? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a lot of police officers in your family, huh? Yeah. No, no. They're not just the no, police officers and FBI, FBI agents. I mean, you know, you know how it is, man. Counterterrorism and homeland security and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. 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 You know. And they're all, they're all like sergeants in the, in the police force. Like, I care about that, you know? Oh, oh. So you got a lot of. So it's cops and FBI agents in there. And you, you run a martial arts studio? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had to stop because I was in competition and, you know, I hurt too many people in competition. I mean, I have a, I have a winning record, but you know, all of my losses are you know, disqualifications because I like broke people's bow. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes you just don't know how strong you are. You know what I mean? I remember I punched this guy in the chest and he had a heart attack because I broke his chest bone. Oh, broke his oh, chest bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he made me mad. He kept bothering me. And I, I was like, man, damn it. You know, I'm, I'm just glad I didn't hit him as hard as I could. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. I mean, that's, yeah. Um, so uh, you, uh, oh, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, but, uh, but what were you saying? I couldn't remember what you were saying. Oh, no, no, no. I was just, uh, you know, I was just saying that, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 oh, you know, I, you know what? I'm going in the wrong direction. Uh, my bus is, 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 uh, is that way. I'm going to go back to catch my bus. And uh, it was nice meeting you. Guy walks away. <laughs> yes, I amuse myself at this jackass's expense. Because I can see the probing attack. Now, why did I bring a probing attack? Because if you have a system like the system in Hawaii that's vulnerable to an idiot hitting the wrong button, then isn't it vulnerable to, I don't know, someone hacking into the system and causing even more damage? Guys, I don't know about you, but I can handle the probing attack by an idiot who looked into my wallet. But the last thing I need is a bunch of jackasses hacking into a system that has something to do with nuclear weapons being fired off. All I'm saying is, this shit is scary. Segment over. All right, everybody, let me ask you a question. Do you have a best friend? Hmm? Now, when I say best friend, I'm not talking about somebody that you have a great time with, that you hang out at the club with, somebody you laugh and joke with, go to the bar with, pick up people of the opposite sex, or if you're gay, the same sex with. No, I'm not talking about that, because that's not necessarily a best friend in my estimation. That's a good friend. That's a fun friend, but that's not a best Friend, because a lot of times a best friend is the one that's there when things kind of suck. Your road buddy, your homie, your homegirl, that's the one that shows up. You get all dressed up and you go out to a party, you laugh, you joke, you have a good time. That's that person, but that's not the person you call when things go bad, is it? No, that's a good friend. It's not your best friend. Your best friend is the one that's around when things absolutely suck. Your best friend is the one that will tell you you're being a huge D-bag when you're doing something bad and doesn't give a damn if you're mad. Will even risk losing you as a friend because they care so much about you. They will give you the information that they know you need. Like I said, even if it means that they'll lose you as a friend. Because they'd rather have you happy someplace else, and hopefully you'll figure out that they were right and come back and hang out with them, but they just want to see you happy. I've been that friend to other people. 
So everybody else laughing and joking and laughing and joking. And I was like, look, dude, can I talk to you? And I t- I'm not going to say exactly what happened because that would identify the person. And as you know, on this podcast, I tell true stories and sometimes I make up jokey stories. But for the most part, if it's a true story, I will change certain things in the story so as not to identify the people that I'm talking about, even though I have free reign to talk about what I want. Because as I said before, to a man and to a woman, everybody knows what I do and they don't mind if I talk about stuff, but I choose to protect them by changing things anyway back to what i was talking about back to being a best friend but i've been that best friend and i've, I've had that talk with people say man you're messing up you're doing this hey, man get out of here man what are you wait my dad i'm like I, I technically of course i'm not your dad i'm three years younger than you but i'm your friend and you're bleeping up okay man baby, baby, yeah, man. and they're mad at you and sometimes they don't talk to you for a week or a month or a couple of years <laughs> in the case of the person i'm talking about now but eventually figured it out and then all of a sudden you're cool again. And it's great to have that friend. It's great to have that friend that'll do that for you. But you know what? It's even better to. It's better to be that friend to yourself. Because that's the, the ultimate level. Because even though your friend, your best friend in this particular scenario will have a really, really good idea of who you are, a really, really good idea of what you're capable of, a really, really good idea of the kind of person you are. Nobody, 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 nobody knows you better than you know you. So just imagine if you can have that same type of best friend talk with yourself. Imagine if you could do that for yourself. And I made a decision. I made a decision that I'm going to be my own best friend plus. That's what I'm going to be for me. Now, I know that there, I know you can relate to this. There are people, you guys are listening in different countries and time zones and all of that crap. And I know some of you are successful people. Some of you are not so successful. All of you have great taste in podcasts. <laughs> Back to the story. But you got to be your own best friend sometimes. And I know damn well that you have none of your lives is perfect. You haven't had a life where you've never made a mistake. You've never done anything stupid. You've never lost money. You've never lost a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You never lost anything. Of course not. You don't have perfect lives because no one has a perfect life. Nobody. So I decided to be my own best friend and rip my own self apart, tear myself down and try to figure out what the hell is going on and why am I not where I need to be? Let me ask you this. Uh, no, I'll do it this way. I have uh, relatives that uh, were sick. I had relatives that have developmental problems. Not many, but a couple enough. And on occasion, what happens is you have to take them to this place, take them to that place, take them to this doctor's appointment, spend time with them, do this, do that, do this, do that. But that's your relative. And you're going to do that because that's your relative. And. I see people that are caretakers to people that have development, developmental problems, and I've seen how patient and nice the majority of them are with that being their career. And I saw a lady just really wigging out and going and going really over the top and being loud and abrasive and obnoxious and throwing things and doing this and doing that. The kind of behavior where if you did that in the street, if you did that in a store, if you did that among the public would get you beaten down. Here, the lady was very calm, loving, caring, took care of the person. I respect caretakers. 
But that was her job. So when she's going through this, expressing who she is as a person, how nice she is or how nice he is as a person, that's their career. That's their job. And they can leave that and go home. Well, best friend me talking to me, meaning me talking to myself, I realized that I had fallen into the caretaker role in many cases, taking this person to the doctor, that person to the doctor, doing this for that person, taking care of that person, doing this, doing that. And I'm not saying I'm the primary all the time I'm or the primary most of the time. But when it's a bunch of people and you have every day of your life or most days of your life with big chunks taken out, it gets to the point where there's certain things you just don't do anymore. You can't do anymore. And you fall into the habit of becoming a caretaker. And when you become a caretaker and whether it's a, at a, to a large scale or to a medium scale, you start to let things that you wanted to do or you need to do for yourself kind of fall by the wayside. You don't go to many as many open mic nights. You don't go to as many showcases. You don't write as much. You can't spend as much time on your podcast as you'd like to. You can't go on as many dates as you'd like to. And just like anything else, man, once you start letting things slide, the part of you that is interested in doing those things kind of gets weak. It's like a muscle that doesn't get used. And the muscle that's a caretaker muscle, that starts to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, that becomes the thing that you do the most, the thing that's the most important to you. And the things that are important to you as a human being kind of disappear. People always say that life, you know, uh, that, uh, that uh, time flies when you're having fun. And that's kind of true. But I think time flies actually more when your life sucks or when things suck or when the time period sucks. When when life, uh, when time flies, when you're having fun, it's like, oh, man, I got to this party at eight o'clock. Man, it's one o'clock in the morning. I can't believe how time flew. Time flew. Ha <laughs> ha. Time flew. Time flew. Yeah. Little chunk of time. But what about you in a relationship that sucks? What about you at a job that sucks? You don't lose a few hours of fun. What happens is you close your, you wake up and it's Monday, you close your eyes. Next thing you know, it's Thursday. Oh, crap. Then it's Friday. Ah, a whole week has gone by. A week went by. Just went on by. That's really time flying, my friend. Because the same thing that can make an hour go by or a week go by, days go by, that same thing could make years go by. And in my case, 10 years go by. I spent a decade of my life not paying as much attention to my career, to my stand up, to my writing. I mean, I did a little bit, but not as much as I was was supposed to and not as much as I wanted to. And there's a part of me that was guilty. Oh, I should do this or I should do that. Oh, my God, if I do this and if I don't, if I stop, if I, if I let somebody else do this, it won't get done right. If I don't do it, uh, you know what? That's just an excuse. And that's me, best friend talking to me. That's just an excuse, dude. Because when you went to California in the 90s, you were doing a lot of the same stuff you're doing right now for people, maybe a little less. But what happened? Everybody was fine. When you take one piece out, it all kind of squeezes together. You know, same way if you take a bucket of water out of the ocean, there's not this big hole sitting in the ocean where you took that bucket of water out where people are swimming by going, damn it, I would have enjoyed this ocean, but that bucket of water is missing and damn it, I'm not swimming here. No, it just kind of slides together. And your family and friends will do that if you take some more time to do the things that are important to you. You got to take that time, man. This is best friend of me talking the best to me. You got to take that time because 10 years has gone by and you have not 
done what you were supposed to do. You were so busy being Mr. Caretaker, Mr. Helper, Mr. Doing. You would just spent too much time doing that, bro. You got to spend more time working out, bro. You're losing weight, but you're not losing weight fast enough. You're not as you're not getting where you need to go, bro. Your podcast is growing, but it's not growing fast enough because you haven't put in enough work, bro. Stand with careers at a standstill, right? You, you, everybody thinks you're great, but you're not growing the way you should grow, bro, because you're not out there doing what you're supposed to do, man. What do you want to be? You're 49 years old. What do you want to be, money? What do you want to do, buddy? Huh? You want to stay where you are right now and be where you are right now? Or do you want to be great? Do you want to make a mark? When you die 40, 50 years from now, do you want people to remember what you did? Or do you want to be someone that just existed and just kind of washes away in time? Only memory, only memory of you would be the relatives that were alive at the same time that you were alive. But quite frankly, you'll be like a fun utterance that comes out every once in a while, every few years when somebody says something similar to what you said. What do you want to do, my friend? That's the conversation I had to have with myself. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that some of you have a similar situation. Got to have that conversation with yourself. Are you where you want to be? You're doing what you want to do. You're in a relationship you want to be in. Are you in the health and fitness that you want to be in? Is that what you are now? Because if you're not, you messed up. Only thing we can do as human beings is control the things we can control. And if you actually do grab the steering wheel and control the things about yourself that you actually can control, you would be surprised at how great things could be. The last time I had my hand on the steering wheel was, like I said, about 10 years ago. But at that point, my hand was kind of sliding off the steering wheel of my life. But when I had firm control, everything was going great. I had the, my, my body was in great shape, had a six pack, gorgeous girlfriend living in California, had a car. I was doing all these auditions. Everything was great. I was everybody was telling me how great a comic I was. You're the next one, buddy. You're the next one, buddy. And then I let my hand slide off the steering wheel. And the car was drifting. But now because of how good I was in the back, it's still drifting in the right direction, but it's not going at the speed it's supposed to be going. And it's kind of sliding left and right a little bit. But I made a pledge to myself. I got my driving gloves back on. And I'm going to grab that steering wheel. And I'm going to step down on the gas. And I'm not going to let anything ever, ever, ever again take me off track never going to happen. I never said that before. I just did it. But this time I'm making the pledge to myself and I'm saying it in front of a whole bunch of people. <laughs> so basically, this segment is partly for me and partly because I know that you can feel the same. I know you feel the same way. There's got to be people out there that feel the same way. You know how much time has slipped past you and you know there are things that you're supposed to do. Well, I'm going to get mine, my friends. And I care enough about you. Uh, and not just the people listening, but people that aren't even going to hear this. I care enough about you to want you to do the same thing. Put my driving gloves on. And I'm going to take care of business. So if you can relate in any way and you kind of slid off course a little bit. Put your driving gloves on. Look forward. Turn the key. 
look at the map, put the X on the destination, plot the course, step on the gas. And uh, you don't need to make any pit stops because the trip is not going to be as long as you think. Just step on the gas and keep going. Don't listen to anybody to tell you to pull over to the side. Don't listen to anybody to tell you to slow down. Let's go. That's what I'm going to do. Segment over. Well, folks, this has been episode number 302 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. I want to thank you guys very much for stopping by and checking everything out. Much love to everybody. Much love to my entire bastard army. Thank you very, very much. Now, uh, people ask me where this podcast is. And basically, the podcast is everywhere. The home base for this podcast is santhonysays.podbean.com. Um, if you want the mobile version, it's santhonysays.podbean.com forward slash mobile. But this podcast is also available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Play, Podbean, of course, Spotify, and of course, also Laughable. So, folks, uh, this has been very, very cool to talk to you. And I appreciate it. And I've actually gotten some pretty, pretty uh, cool email from people. Uh, the email address is talk to santhony at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-S-Anthony at gmail.com. Um, I gotten some, re- some really, really cool email from people who have been listeners to the show, some new listeners and some, uh, long time listeners who, who, uh, decided that they wanted to, to write for the first, for the first time. And, uh, I did get your email. I try to answer them as many as I can, but I can't answer all of them, obviously. But, uh, I do see them and thank you very, very much. I appreciate the kind words and the love and everything like that. Uh, if you're listening to the, whatever podcatcher you're listening to this show on, uh, please give a, uh, give a rating and a review. I would really appreciate that. That's another way to help support the program. And, um, follow me on social media, of course. Uh, for most of you are, but, um, well, not most of you, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> This is all spread all over the place. Some are listening. Some are on uh, Facebook. Some are on Twitter. But uh, the the uh, e- the uh, social media for this for this show for me specifically is uh, on Twitter. It's at s Anthony Thomas. That's for me specifically. For the show is at s Anthony says on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at s Anthony Thomas. And uh, if you're on uh, if you're on Facebook. Uh, just look up S. Anthony says you'll see a blue circle with a check mark in it. That's a verified page. Let's say that it is in fact me who is the administrator slash owner of that particular page. Folks, much love to everybody out there. I appreciate you more than you know. I will talk to you again next week with episode number 303. Thank you very much for everything. And now I'm going to say goodbye to you wonderful bastards, you wonderful, cool-ass bastards, the Bastard Army. I'm going to say goodbye to you the way I always say goodbye to you. And I'm going to do it on the count of three. Are you ready? Yes, of course you are. One, two, three. S. Anthony. Out.